Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. In your great compassion, blot out my offenses. For I know my offenses and my sin is ever before me. Indeed, I was born steeped in wickedness, a sinner from my mother's womb. Remove my sins with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be purer than snow. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my wickedness. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with your bountiful spirit. Let me teach your ways to offenders, and sinners shall be restored to you. Rescue me from bloodshed, allow my salvation, and my tongue shall sing your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a troubled and broken heart, O God, you will not despise. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you hate nothing you have made, and you forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create in us new and honest hearts, so that truly repenting of our sins we may receive from you, the God of all mercy, full pardon and forgiveness through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from Joel. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old, nor will again be after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, 
Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? The word of the Lord. Second reading is from 2 Corinthians. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain, For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry, but as servants of God we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. 
And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, through Lent, I've chosen this topic of what makes a Lutheran, or what's distinctive about Lutherans. And so the, my, the most concise answer I can come up with is that Lutherans for sure know that they're sinners. That's what makes us Lutheran. We know that we're sinners. And so throughout these, these midweek services coming up, I want to talk about what Lutherans believe about baptism, confession, and communion. And all of those topics are so important precisely because we know that we are sinners. And so we'll walk through what the small catechism teaches on those subjects, and we'll explore how they're taught in the Bible. And so Ash Wednesday gives us the time to talk about why. Why baptism? Why confession? Why communion are so needed for us as Christians? And so to introduce this, I'm going to read for you a paragraph from Martin Luther's preface to his small catechism. Luther wrote his catechism which is a teaching book, after he had visited congregations around Germany, after the Reformation had really begun to grow. And so pastors and congregations were beginning to rediscover the gospel, and churches were beginning to pull away from what they had felt had been oppressive Roman Catholic dogma. But what Luther found when he went out to visit congregations was that the people in the churches actually knew very little or nothing about Christianity. He found that the people didn't know the Lord's Prayer, they didn't know the Ten Commandments, they didn't know the Apostles' Creed, they didn't know the basics of their faith. But even more disturbing for Luther was that once the Reformation had started, people stopped going to Mass. The rules of the Roman Catholic Church no longer applied to them, so the people thought they didn't need to show up for communion anymore, they didn't need it anymore. And so in response to this, Luther writes, For a person not to prize highly the sacrament is tantamount to saying that he has no sin, no flesh, no devil, no world, no death, no danger, no hell. That is to say, he believes in none of these, although he is overwhelmed by them, and he is the devil's possession twice over. On the other hand, he needs no grace, life, paradise, kingdom of heaven, Christ, God, or any good thing. Surely if he recognized how much evil is in him and how much he needs all the good things he lacks, he would not neglect the sacrament, which gives help against such evil and bestows so much goodness. He will not need to be forced by law to the sacrament, but will himself come running in a hurry to the Lord's table 
constrained within himself and pressing you to give him the sacrament. And so what Luther says here is that we have the sacraments because we have such a great need for them. We have the sacraments because daily we are forced to contend with sin, the flesh, the devil, the world, with death, with danger, with hell. And if we understood the weight of that reality, then we would run to receive the sacrament. The Roman Catholic canons, the laws of the Catholic Church, said that everyone was required to receive communion once a year on Easter, at a minimum. And so people would dutifully fill that obligation, but otherwise they would often fail to grasp the full goodness of the sacrament. Communion became a law to fulfill. It was an annual box to check off and not a gracious gift to receive. So Ash Wednesday for us and the observation of Lent are supposed to be opportunities in the church year for Christians to to be reminded of their need and especially of their need for the gracious gifts of God. Today, specifically, we hear that we are to remember that we are dust and to dust we shall return. We are dying, all of us. Every moment is a moment closer to our bodies failing to the moment we will pass from this life to the next. And of course, I don't say that as kind of emotional manipulation or because I want to be macabre or anything like that, but that is a reality for us. It's why the psalmist prays, teach us to number our days, O Lord, so that we may have understanding. As Christians, we want to be mindful that we are mortal, that we are going to die. Because so many influences, the devil and the world, always want us to believe the opposite. The powers which attempt to work against God want us to be convinced that we will live forever, that we will always be healthy, and that our suffering will be limited. The devil wants us to think like that, because with that frame of mind, it's very easy to forget that we have a great need. It becomes easy to believe that we are self-sufficient. It's easy to become prideful in our own abilities, and our own current health, in our own life situations where we have it all together. And likewise, the devil wants to convince us that we don't really sin that much. We're basically pretty wonderful people who make mistakes here and there. We're tempted to overlook how idolatrous, how selfish our hearts can truly be. And when we don't see ourselves as sinners, it's easy to forget that we have a great need. And it's very easy to go along with the world and to suppose that there's no enmity between the world and between God. We're always tempted to go along with the winds of our culture and assume that all is progress. It's easy to go along with the world to believe that the world's assumptions about money and happiness, relationships, that these are all acceptable for us as Christians. But when we do that, we will find it's very easy to forget that we have a great need a great need to rely on God as our source of life. And so that's what today is all about. It's a reminder that we have a great need. We have a need for life, because without God's intervention, our only future is the grave. We have a need for forgiveness, because without God, we will be hopelessly lost in our sins. Our hearts without God are sinful. And we cannot fix ourselves. There's no spiritual discipline. There's no self-help program that's going to fix us. 
We need God. We need God as our source of life and well-being. Because without him, we are going to latch on to the temporary things and not the things that are eternal. And of course you get the point. We are sinners. We are mortals. We are lost. But we're reminded of all of this. We're reminded that we have these great needs precisely so we can remember that we have an even greater Savior. Our Savior is greater than our sin, greater than the grave, greater than our wandering hearts. And that seems obvious here and now, but in our day-to-day living, it isn't always obvious. C.S. Lewis writes of a child playing in the mud, and that child might have a great time making mud pies in the mud, but that child doesn't realize he is just in the mud until someone takes him out of the mud and takes him on a wonderful beach vacation. And at that point, the child knows the world is full of so much more than playing in the mud. For us, we can forget that we also can get stuck in the mud. And when we do that, we forget that God is greater than our mud. God has something greater for us. God has something greater than sin, than death, than flesh, than the devil, the world. He has something greater than hell. God has for us grace and life, paradise. He has for us the kingdom of heaven. He has for us his very own son, Jesus Christ our Lord. These are the good things God wants to fill us with. But if we don't confess our need, we'll never be open to receiving them. And so likewise, the sacraments of baptism and communion only become wonderful gifts when we know our need. When we know that we are sinners in need of forgiveness, these become the true treasures of our life. When we know that in our sinfulness we would run from God, they become good news for us because they show us that God is coming to us, that he has claimed us and not forgotten us. In just a few moments, we'll put ashes on our foreheads. And again, not because we're morbid, not because we're trying to feel bad about ourselves, not because we're trying to fulfill some kind of ritual, but we put ashes on our foreheads to remind us to run to God's gifts. The ashes are a reminder that apart from God's grace, we lack everything good in this world. But with his grace, we lack nothing. He gives himself to us. And with Christ, he promises he's going to raise us up out of the dust. Amen.
friends in Christ. Today with the whole church, we enter the time of remembering Jesus' Passover from death to life, and our life in Christ is renewed. We begin this holy season by acknowledging our need for repentance and for God's mercy. We are, cre- we are created to experience joy and communion with God, to love one another, and to live in harmony with creation, but our sinful rebellion separates us from God, our neighbors, and creation so that we do not enjoy the life our Creator intended. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to a discipline that contends against evil and resist whatever leads us away from love of God and neighbor. I invite you, therefore, to the discipline of Lent, self-examination and repentance, prayer and fasting, sacrificial giving and works of love, strengthened by the gifts of word and sacrament. Let us continue our journey through these 40 days to the great three days of Jesus' death and resurrection. Now let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most holy and merciful God, we confess to you and to one another and before the whole company of heaven how we have sinned by our fault, by our own fault, by our own most grievous fault, in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Have mercy on us, O God. We have shut our ears to your call to serve as Christ served you. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us, O God. Our past unfaithfulness, the pride, envy, hypocrisy, and apathy that have infected our lives, we confess to you. Our self-indulgent appetites and ways, and our exploitation of other people, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our negligence in prayer and worship, and our failure to share the faith that is in us, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our neglect of human need and suffering, and our indifference to injustice and cruelty, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our false judgments, our uncharitable thoughts toward our neighbors, and our prejudice and contempt toward those who differ from us, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Restore us, O God, and let your anger depart from us. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. May these ashes be a sign of, your, of our mortality and penitence, reminding us that only by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ are we given eternal life through the same Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. So at this time, those who would like to receive ashes as a sign of their repentance are invited to come forward. Congregation, I invite you to stand. 
Accomplish in us, O God, the work of your salvation, that we may show forth your glory in the world. By the cross and passion of your Son, our Savior, bring us with all your saints to the joy of his resurrection. And now, Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. And now let us pray with the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people, according to their needs. Gracious and merciful God, you see our hearts as they really are. You see where we mourn our sins and where we still have pride. Look with mercy on us, create in us new and right spirits, that we may declare your praise so that in these Lenten days we may learn to die to self and to follow Christ who bore our sins on the cross. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, heal the wounds of all those who are estranged from your church. Give them renewed understanding of your mercy and love and lead them into a community where your word is proclaimed so that they might hear the promises of your gospel. Lord, in your mercy. God of comfort, remember those who are now in hospice care, those who have a terminal diagnosis, and those who are now living in their last hours. Provide them with peace, hope, and comfort as they lift their eyes to you. Give to them caretakers and loved ones who will pray for them and attend to their needs in their hour of death. Lord, in your mercy. Sovereign Lord, guide those in authority in our land especially our President Joseph and our Congress and our Governor Richard Michael, that our laws may be just and may lead to the pursuit of virtue. Where our laws are unjust or contrary to your word, lead them for your mercy's sake to make right, to make right the wrong so that we may act in good conscience as citizens of this land. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort those in any distress and grant healing to the sick and peace to those who are troubled, especially Steve, Charlie, Jane, Marcial, Tony, John, Marilyn, Dana, Tony, and Carolyn. Lord, in your mercy. And receive our praise for the faithful lives of the saints who have loved and served you and who now rest from their labors. Keep us in fellowship with all of your saints and bring us at last to the joy of your heavenly kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. All this and whatever else you know that we need, grant to us, dear Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. I invite you to be seated. Now our worship will continue with the giving of our offering.
God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You call your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast that renewed in the gift of baptism we may come to the fullness of your grace. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting, and your faithfulness endures from age to age. Praise to you for creating the heavens and the earth. Praise to you for saving the earth from the waters of the flood. Praise to you for bringing the Israelites safely through the sea. Praise to you for leading your people through the wilderness to the land of milk and honey. Praise to you for the words and deeds of Jesus, your anointed one. Praise to you for the death and resurrection of Christ. Praise to you for your spirit poured out on all nations. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. With this bread and cup, we remember our Lord's Passover from death to life as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. O God of resurrection and new life, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and wine. Bless this feast and grace our table with your presence. Reveal yourself to us in the breaking of the bread. Raise us up as the body of Christ for the world. Breathe new life into us. Send us forth burning with justice, peace, and love. And with your holy ones of all times and places, 
with the earth and all its creatures, with sun, moon, and stars. We praise you, O God, blessed in holy trinity, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation. I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now the God of all grace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen.
Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. <laughs>